the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Welcome back for Working Fans Podcast, episode 148. We are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, volume one, and Lance by Chance, available at WrestleVille.com. And if you want to expand your summer reading, check out Super Vows and Pas de Deux, written by a friend of the show, Kevin Kelton. And we are brought to you by the great people over at Connecticut People Records, New Heights Wrestling. And let me bring in AJ Strange Brew because I am sitting in for Dave this week because it's a holiday week. But we wanted to start out by talking about our involvement at a show at Pistol Pete's last weekend for standalone wrestling, the Yankee Doodle slamboree i want to start out by saying standalone wrestling was nothing but professional with us great to us thank you chad for having us down gave us a table we were all set up we want to cover kind of the obvious elephant in the room with the show and we don't want to go too hard in on it but aj has some insight and aj would you please share that with us First and foremost, thank you very much, Standalone Wrestling. Thank you very much, Chad, for letting us be involved in it. He treated us absolutely incredible. I was not surprised by that at all. However, I have worked with the folks at Connors Promotions before. Those who might not know, I used to book comedy and do stand-up comedy for Pistol Pete's and Connor Promotions. And I was not overly surprised by the situation. What happened was with a bunch of the wrestlers who didn't show up, quite frankly, they just weren't willing to pay the deposit for those wrestlers. We and found that out. 
out later. Yeah, we did find that out later. We did not know that ahead of time. Anything that happened on that show with people not showing up, we literally found out the same time the fans did. So we promoted this show with these superstars, Marco Stunt, Bob Backlund, the great Sabu, all of these superstars that were supposed to be there. And we promoted it, including doing a TikTok a few hours beforehand saying, hey, these stars are going to be there without knowledge that they weren't going to be there. Now, if they didn't pay the deposit for these stars, that means that they knew that these wrestlers weren't going to be there. So now you've got us, Chad, everybody saying, hey, these wrestlers are going to be there, but they just weren't willing to pay for them. So they don't end up being there. Yeah, that's the tough part because this card fell apart from the start. First, it was TJP not being there, which he was booked for best of the super junior. So when I saw that, I questioned it, but whatever. The barroom brawl changed from John Wayne Murdoch and Matt Tremont, which things can happen. There can be injuries. I saw Matt Tremont's promotion h2o had a tag team tournament that night that he was at so us putting together finding out that connor promotion didn't want to pay a few deposits it makes you question how everybody falls off the card and to be honest with you i wasn't surprised by connor promotions not being willing to pay because one of the problems i had with doing comedy there was they have two separate people that basically are running it and one would say hey yeah bring all these folks in bring in these comics i would bring the comics in and all of a sudden i'm paying the comics out of my own pocket as the promoter because the person who was supposed to be paying is sitting there going, oh no, I'm not paying that. So I've seen these money issues before. On a silly little note from this show, baggage sometimes gets lost when you're doing professional wrestling and they lost Lince Dorado's baggage. So the promoter comes over to me for Connor's promotions and says, hey buddy, listen, can you do me a huge favor? Can you can you drive out to the airport and can you grab Lince Dorado's bag for him? His mask is in it. He can't wrestle without his mask. So I, and he tells me, he says, yeah, I'll give you gas money. You're going to be all set. I was like, yeah, no big deal. So I, ha- I drive the hour there. I drive the hour back. I make it back in time for Lindsay to be able to actually wrestle his match and do what he's supposed to do. Not one mention of money, not one mention of. So once again, it comes down to that dollar sign for the promotion. Yeah. Then he comes to me and says, hey, you know, we promised that we would get, we Kalisto. might as well say, Kalisto back and forth to the airport. We don't want to bring him out to the airport. Hey, can, can you drive back out to the airport i in the future will try not to work with counter promotions however in the future i would love to work with standalone wrestling again we want to bring wrestling back to connecticut chad is fantastic to work with and we look very much forward to working with him again it sounds like he will be back it does not sound like he will be working with the same we didn't mean for this to be a total burial but we advertised the show with standalone wrestling it didn't appear as it should a lot of people there we're disappointed with the fall offs in the card. And we just wanted to make it clear that don't put that just on standalone wrestling. But Absolutely. AJ, we got a couple things to discuss this week. We actually have a loaded show because we have Dynamite. We have Double or Nothing this Sunday. I wish it was on Saturday. I miss Live Rampage tonight. That's true. And with implications going into the pay-per-view. So let's start with Dynamite. Started off with Wardlow versus Sean Spears. Steel Cage match. What did you think of the match? I think for what it was, they pulled it off really well. I think that they put it together well. I don't think anybody thought for a moment that there was any way Wardlow wasn't going to win and 
they, they were going to cancel the match for <laughs> double or nothing. However, the key to something like this is do you still make it entertaining, even though most people know what's going to happen? And I think they very much did that. I love MJF's tribute to uh, Shawn Michaels' referee gear. That was fantastic. You don't see the Burberry ref tops very often. No. Now, Shivani said this is one of the greatest opening matches they've ever had. And I mean, I've got to disagree. It was a good enough match. It set up the heat that you needed for the pay-per-view. And that one power bomb that that security guard took where he disappeared between the cage and the ring was something else. Like I said, I think that they did a good job with it. I just don't agree with Shivani that it's one of the best opening matches that they've ever had. They've had some great opening matches. For a long time, they opened up with the best match on the card. So... I disagree a little bit with that. Yeah, that went right to Jericho Appreciation Society backstage. Staff member catches a fireball. Just furthering Jericho's wizard thing. Well, I think that it's only fair that staff members should catch fireballs. I think that should be a weekly segment. Which staff member is going to get fired to the face this week? That was followed by CM Punk and Hangman Page face-to-face. It was a good enough segment. It did what it needed to to further the story. Words back and forth. Hangman hitting Punk. It almost had me questioning which way I think the win's going to go in this. Yeah, they did a good job. Hangman actually came across better in this one, to be honest with you. Sometimes he has seemed to be a little bit behind Punk on the microphone, but this time I think it actually went the other way. I think that they let Hangman talk a little bit more, and Punk actually stayed back a little bit more, so I think that it gave it a little bit more balance. I'm never going to be the biggest fan of most talking sessions, but I think it went very well. I liked it well enough. Like, Hangman just his... It started drag, too. Yeah, his championship reign has been kind of lackluster, so I'm hoping hoping maybe this match could make it followed so, by a video package for the TBS championship. Nothing big, but the next match Moxley Kingston versus private party. This is something that a lot of matches on the show kind of suffered from is they were just the lead into Sunday, almost like a glorified pre-show. This match could have been a lot better, but it ended with the fight afterwards. And I feel like that's where everything was headed to. So overall, I'm like you. This was not one of my favorite Dynamites in a while. I think the week before was much better. But I feel the same way that you did. It was almost like, hey, let's just try to get people through to the pay-per-view. Let's just try to get people through. And this match kind of lost it for me. First of all, they haven't done anything with Private Party in a while. So they haven't really built them up at all. So nobody came into this match going, hey, you know, this is going to be a real knockdown drag out fight we were like oh great kingston and mox are going to beat the shit out of private party so there was really no enthusiasm to the match at all yeah and the focus like i mean you've got regal and jericho on commentary with the rest of the appreciation society behind that was probably more entertaining than the actual match yeah and that's really what i think this was now followed by an ad for DraftKings. and how do you feel about these sports betting services getting into the professional wrestling landscape because they have some weird bets it sounds like you can make like how many tables are going to be gone through things like that i can understand where it would be entertaining but considering booking can literally change seconds or even during the match it's an interesting thing to have happen anything from an injury to somebody not showing up to people just not liking the direction of creative can literally change it so what you're going to bet on it three weeks beforehand 
and then lose all your money because somebody didn't like the creative the day of that, that seems a little silly to me you would have been screwed in DraftKings with that pistol pete show now yeah well i took davy richards to win the belt so now this was followed by <laughs> owen hart tournament video with joe decent but kind of just like a little placeholder to rapongi vice versus ftr for the roh tag team championships and i mean we just said it with the last tag match only this one had a run-in disqualification as opposed to the fight at the end with great O'Con and Jeff Cobb running in. I love Jeff Cobb. I'm a huge fan of Jeff Cobb. I think that his style is very hard hitting. Him and Brad, well, I shouldn't mention Brad Hollister because he's not on any of these promotions, but Brad Hollister in, on the independents, the two of them are what I like in wrestling, which is just people beating the crap out of each other. And Great O'Conn's fantastic too, although that claw through the table was ridiculous. He, he pretty much, it looked like he was going for the claw through the table and his hand wasn't even near the actual uh, gripping the face and it just looked absolutely abysmal going through yes now this was followed by matt and jeff hardy backstage i don't think their feud with the young bucks really needs any more building up but this is just further putting forward that the bucks look up to them idolize them pattern themselves after them but they couldn't survive in the system that the hardys did the problem is we've already seen this we've seen it in ring of honor we've seen this people are going to enjoy it don't get me wrong bucks versus hardys is going to be fun but you're literally doing the same buildup that we've seen for Bucks and the Hardys every time that they've interacted so far. So it's a little repetitive in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, it's going to be a good match, but like you said, we've seen it before. This is just the biggest presentation it's gotten. Well, also the Hardys are not what they once were. Matt looks like a statue out there wrestling now. And you've got Jeff who every time he goes to do one of his high risk moves at this point, you actually are expecting him to hurt himself. So it's just, unfortunately, the Hardys are not what they once were. No, and the next match on this card was Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy versus Swerve Strickland. I thought it was a good match. I mean, a match like this was a little too short, but we're also yeah. going to see what we need to see Sunday. It's you just taking like three singles in that team and putting it in there. They did pick three of the most talented wrestlers in the company to actually do it. So I agree with you. They just weren't given enough time. You can't have that much talent and that much ability and expect them to get it done in five minutes. No. And this was followed by Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page backstage, basically letting us know we are going to see a new TNT Championship Friday, a custom one. That is going to be interesting. And what time do you know what time Rampage is tonight? Because 630. I, OK, because I was going to say I was busy at work last night and i knew the time depended on i believe a basketball game yeah it is it's the nba playoffs but it's 6 30 eastern time and what an odd time to come at a hat and uh in between half hour yeah it's <laughs> I mean, they've been, they've had a rough spot, I'd say, the last couple weeks with when they get Rampage on. The 530s were all right. I mean, they're only good for me because Friday's a day off for me, so I just have to be home a little earlier. I'm trying to remember what I did last Friday, but... 6.30 is a little better. I tend to try and catch the Friday night baseball games on Apple TV Plus. So, I mean, that's kind of when they start. So, yeah, I'm a Cards fan, so I'm always watching baseball on Friday nights. They had a good run last weekend, I believe. They, I think it was like a hot early start to the game, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, it was hot early starts to the games. My Cardinals ran through the Pirates last week. They had a good run most this week. They struggled a little bit last night, lost 4 3 to the Brewers, but hey, 
you know, is always tonight. There's that baseball talk everybody's always been wanting. Dude, us. if people want baseball talk, we can do this. I, I mm-hmm. probably watch more baseball than any human being should. We might get a side podcast out of that. Now, Thunder yeah. Rosa came <laughs> out with Shivani. Interesting how they shot her face. And then she turns to see she we see that she has no makeup on. Yeah. And once again, leading us towards that pay-per-view, Red Velvet and Ruby Soho backstage after this. Once again, just pushing everything towards Rampage and to that pay-per-view. Well, we've got Ruby Soho going up against Chris Statlander tonight, which should be one hell of a match. I'm interested to see. I think one of their new attitudes is going to show up tonight. It's got to. For them to go on into the tournament, I think it has to show up because the winner is going to face Britt Baker, and it's a big deal. This Owen Hart tournament is a big deal. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see the right attitude from one of them. Now, I did not get to see the last couple matches on the card because I currently have Dynamite running and Britt Baker versus Tony Storm was going on during our Pistol Pete's discussion, so I missed it. And I am currently glancing over to watch Joe and O'Reilly. I'm going to have to re-watch this. What can you tell me about these two matches? Which one should I check out more? So here's the funny thing about Britt Baker and Tony Storm. Britt Baker does go over in that match, setting up obviously for the finals of the Owen Hart tournament. But what it exposed to me was, yes, Britt Baker has improved, but how good Tony Storm is. When you watch her go from move to move, I think we forget sometimes how talented of an actual technician she is in the ring. She looked fantastic, and she showed what she can do in there. And the two of them had a good match. Was it the best match possible? Probably not. They're still working on their chemistry together. However, I thought it was a very good match, and Britt Baker went over. I'm rewinding it right now, and I saw a beautiful tour. Tornado DDT from Tony Storm after Britt Baker. She did Adam Cole's Panama Sunrise, and it was good but it's not quite as fluid as that tornado DDT. We have a tendency of forgetting how green Britt Baker actually still is. Britt Baker, because she's such a star in AEW, we forget how new she was to the wrestling business before she got to AEW. And while she has untapped potential, in my opinion, and she is getting better and better, but she is still relatively green. For sure. Now, that was AEW Dynamite. This Sunday, we've got Double or Nothing coming up from Los Vegas. And let's break down this show and make some predictions. On the pre-show, something where I've been very critical of Danhausen, but I've loved his matchup with Hook. And they're taking on Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. And this is just really a way to get Hook and Tony Nese into the ring. This, right? It is definitely going to be an entertainment match with Mark Sterling, who actually goes of us from the Northeast know that Mark Sterling can actually work in the ring. And then Dan Housen, obviously that's going to be some entertainment between the two of them. And then Hook and Tony Nese. Tony Nese is one of the best workers in wrestling and Hook improves every week. So should be a good match. Only advertised match on the buy-in. I don't see any way Hook not going over though. Yeah, it's got to be Hook and Dan Housen. The match we've been building up to and maybe there's a lot of good builds on this card, but I almost feel like this This is one of the best MJF versus Wardlow. I don't know what you can say about this besides Wardlow has to go over because it's not like he's leaving the company. Yeah, I I think he has to. It doesn't mean he won't lose. But as far as I'm concerned with the storyline, I think that you have to because you've gone as far as you can go. You don't want to do another round of, oh, no, look, he can't be a part of the company. He works for me again. You you can't do another round of that or you're going to lose the audience. He's got to go over and he's got to go over big 
big, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I was indifferent to him when they kind of started him on the rise, but as it's gone on, it has gotten a lot better. And I just think what they've done over the past few weeks with having him take out security, having him gun for MJF, that has made him a bigger star. And hopefully he'll be able to continue that momentum when he breaks off from this feud. That's where I get worried about Ward. They are on the cusp of having a megastar. If they do this the right way, if he does what he's supposed to do, if they keep his matches short after this, they are on the cusp of having a megastar along the lines of like a Goldberg. Doesn't mean it's going to come to fruition. They're just on that cusp. Yeah, he's one of the true homegrown stars from here. I mean, you've got people. He probably came from another promotion, but Jungle Boy has largely grew here. You've had Darby Allen had his time in Evolve and things like that, but he's gotten big here. Sammy Guevara, I mean, he had time in Wrestle Circus. He's been in other promotions. He's grown here. So it's interesting to see the rise of the homegrown stars. And like I said, Wardlow would have been at the bottom of my list before that. We have Death Triangle versus House of Black. They've been building this feud. Obviously, we've been talking about how there's got to be trios titles coming. And I feel like this is just like another setup for that. I saw an interview with Tony Khan where he did talk about other titles that he wants to hold, that he wants to actually bring in. And the trios title is one of the ones that he actually mentioned. So I I do feel like that is coming sooner than later. These two, this match is just going to be awesome. You've got six guys in this match who all can work their ass off. As long as they give them time, this match is going to be incredible. Yeah, I've got Death Triangle as the winner here. I mean, it could go either way, but I just don't see how you don't give it to Penta and Phoenix. I'm actually going the opposite way. I think House of Black needs this. You started them off with momentum, and I think that they've kind of fizzled. They've fizzled in the build. The company's great at building those superstars that we talked about. I think they've actually missed a little bit of the boat here with the House of Black, that they could have built something similar to the Wyatts, quite frankly, and they've kind of missed the boat. Yeah, it was kind of like a hot beginning for them, and then it just kind of, you know, it evens out. Out. Then they get Buddy Matthews. Then it evens out. So it's like, what's going to be the next thing for them? Obviously, it's got to be that Julia Hart turn. Could we possibly see that here? Yeah, I, I mean, you could, and that could help towards the beginning of the storyline there. You could always add new members to it or whatever, but they need to do something because the House of Black has become stale. And that's a shame because with them giving them the build that they gave Alistair going over Cody when he first came in, showing how dominant he's been, he really hasn't done anything for the last three or four months. No. Now, we talked about this match. Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Elite versus Delete. This... I mean, we've seen it so many times. It's almost a coin flip. Who can win? I feel like it's got to be the Bucks because it's AEW. And maybe that pushes the Hardys off into starting a broken mat universe type thing where they do. You could have entertaining segments each week following that broken universe and getting its debut in AEW. We need more of the broken universe from them because we need less of the wrestling. That makes any sense whatsoever. 100%. I've been listening to Matt Hardy's podcast, and one of the reasons for the creation of the Broken Universe was to limit Jeff's high-flying moves and give them a reason to take that off TV. And we saw how great the creativity out of him is. What could it be with AEW's budget? I think that it could be out of this world. I really do think the Bucks are going to go over. I think it's got to be something screwy, which is going to break the Hardys. Now, we have women's Owen Hart 
Cup. I don't have a graphic for this because it's Britt Baker versus either Chris Statlander or Ruby Soho. And we won't know who is going to be in this match till Rampage tonight. And on the one hand, I like that they're making Rampage must watch to know going into the pay-per-view at the same time it almost suffers from we didn't get like any original programming tonight we got the glorified pre-shows which i believe at 11 o'clock tonight they're gonna have a preview show for the pay-per-view which i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the clips from the last couple days are used to assemble that yeah i wouldn't be surprised by that at all first of all in the match between soho and statlander i have a feeling that they're actually going to put statlander over i know she wasn't originally supposed to be in the turn but her new character i kind of like it so maybe it's just me hoping she goes over but both of these guys quite frankly need a win soho and statlander yeah and whoever loses is gonna probably further still feel that they are being buried well i think whoever loses is gonna turn so i think whoever loses you're gonna see a little bit more edge from if we had to pick a winner i'm gonna say Britt baker wins the oh i think Britt baker's going over for the whole thing i don't care who yeah, goes up Sunday against match yeah and that's that's kind of another reason why tonight almost feels like a lame duck show or yeah. matchup feels like a lame duck matchup. Yeah, unfortunately, I think most people feel like Britt Baker's going over. I think that people are believing in her and Adam Cole, and they think that their household's going to take over the Owen Hart tournament. So I think that tonight's definitely a lame duck. Speaking of Adam Cole, him versus Samoa Joe for the men's tournament final of the Owen Hart Cup. I This is going to be a match that's going to be amazing. I would love to see Samoa Joe win it, but you made a good point about kind of the couple taking over, and this is a chance to promote them as a couple. Maybe you make give them the win here, build their egos after Ty and Sammy get done with the American top team match. You could move on, and now you have another mixed tag match for what looks to be back to all in, which we will talk about that after this pay-per-view preview. Well, the fact of the matter is, is you've got Samoa Joe, who's already got the, uh, the Ring of Honor championship. He doesn't really need to go over in this. Neither one of them needs to go over, but I think that Jay Lethal and those guys are going to find a way to cost Joe, and that Adam Cole is going to get the win here, which will be good for him going forward to be able to say, yes, I'm the Owen Hart Memorial Champion. Yeah, now, who do you see as coming for Samoa Joe's ROH television championship or does that just sit on him for a little bit of time? It it might sit on him for a little bit of time. I mean, we don't know. They might continue to do things like they did with the Jeff Cobb and Khan where they keep bringing in these people from who might be on future Ring of Honor shows to actually do it. So You're setting up the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Maybe ROH has some interaction on that. Exactly. The next match advertised is the Anarchy in the Arena match. Moxley, Danielson, Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston versus Jericho Appreciation Society. I like that they're keeping the stadium stampede idea, but almost putting it in a way that fits Moxley, Danielson, Kingston, Ortiz. Well, this one seems so obvious who's going to win that it's almost making me think that Jericho's going to win. Just because it's so obvious that they would put over Moxley, Danielson, Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston. It just seems so obvious that that team would go over that I think Jericho's team might find a way to win. Yeah, I mean, I want Santana, Ortiz, Kingston, Moxley, Danielson. Yeah, it flows off the tongue. (laughs) But this is kind of a Jericho appreciate. This is like a Jericho-style match. And I, you know, if you're going... 
the Appreciation Society. I somehow have talked myself into the Blackpool Combat Club, Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana. Yeah, I, I know. I was talking to Dave earlier, and he told me that the real winners in this match are you and I for getting to watch it. Oh, 100%. TBS Championship, Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Cargill. Obviously, I'm glad they did some storyline <laughs> reason of putting Anna Jay in there. Yeah, great to see you, Anna Jay. It's fantastic. But I feel like you could have almost picked any name given a story for this and put them in. I, I'm pretty sure they just had a hat in the back and they just drew a name. That's what it felt like. Now, one of the matches I think I'm most excited for, Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Thank God we're finally getting the titles off Jurassic Express. Yeah, I've said that every time they've wrestled for the last six times. Yeah, It's just but, a matter of who gets the title at this point, right? Yeah, I would love to see Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, quite frankly. I like Strickland and I like uh, Keith Lee, but I would love to see Hobbs and Hobbs as the tag Hobbs champs. And Starks? I mean, sorry, Starks and Hobbs. So, okay, so you're saying Starks and Hobbs have it. I'm picking them to win it. Okay, I'm feeling good about Strickland and Lee. I mean, they got a t-shirt. This is how they finally get off of Rampage, I believe. Full-time Rampage, at least. And I see them as the winners. Now, we have... When you've got Britt Baker in a ladies' match, it's almost hard to make your championship match mean more. But you've got Rosa and Deeb going for the AEW Women's Championship. I've loved the build on this. They've made us care about it. Thunder Rosa's got to win, right? I got to share something with you real quick here. My wife, because where my studio is, she set up an air freshener that like squirts every like half hour and it just like full mooded me right in the face so, so just a fun not crying over this match he's very much behind yeah. it. he got missed yeah. his wife yeah it's incredible i think she set it up on purpose i love rosa i really do i would love to see her hold on to the belt but i also love what they've been doing with serena deeps i i like the heel side to her i like her coming out and calling out everybody from shivani to dustin rhodes in the locker room i do think rosa's gonna hold on to the belt for some reason but I, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with Serena Deep. I think Serena Deep is going to win it. And I think Sheeta is going to be coming in and they're going to feud for the title. Okay. Very interesting. Now, main event, AEW World Championship, Adam Page, CM Punk. I thought that the answer was obvious going into tonight. Wow. And while that promo they did just seemed to set up Sunday, it gave me a little bit of doubt whether Punk is walking away champion. I think Punk's going over. Hangman Page, I think that people are too generous when it comes to talking about his run as the champion. I think that he has not been booked well. I don't think that they've done what they could. Could he have gotten over? Absolutely. If they kept booking him the way that they booked him up until winning the championship, he absolutely could have gotten over and we could be talking a totally different discussion. This is another time where even though we love AEW and what they do in general, where I think they've dropped the ball. I think that they have misbooked to Adam Page and I think quite frankly Punk's going over tonight and it's going to go in a different direction. It's oh, almost not tonight. Like, I keep saying tonight, Sunday night. Sunday. It's almost like his career, like if he had won the title a year ago when he was really building up, that almost felt like it might be the right time. I like the long-term storytelling that AEW has done, but with him they missed the ball and I'm god, I got to make a choice. I don't know what to say. 
I'm going to go right. Punk and maybe Hangman can make his the next leg of his career on the chase. Quite frankly, I think Hangman does better on the chase. I think I think he does better and they book him better as the underdog chasing the title than they do as the champion. He's just one of those wrestlers who uh, he reminds me of Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat was always that wrestler. He wanted to do well. And yeah, we were cheering for him to get that NWA title. But once he got it, we were like, well, what the hell do we do now? <laughs> True, 100%. Now, this wouldn't be a Tony Khan event without a surprise of some sort. So what's your guess on debut, return? Pick two names if you see it. Oh, Christ. I think the surprises in this one might actually be people turning. I okay. think you might see some people actually turn on this and go in a different direction. To me, Hangman Page has been turning heel, and I think that he's going to have a bad reaction to losing the belt, and he might snap at the end and actually do something there. I also would not be surprised to see Kenny Omega return at some point. Somebody's got to come down to help the Bucks. I think that that's going to be a bad situation. I don't know if that's going to be Kenny Omega, because I think he might come back as a face, but I think something is going to to happen there where some of the elite are going to come those are not too bad guesses i am going to go i'm going to go with cesaro making a debut oh. only because his name was rumored this could be a place to break him out cesaro is fantastic that, that's kind of my wild card my more realistic one is a brian cage return and he is going to be the next foil for wardlow after this because that, that be is almost the almost maybe the hottest feud you could give him with a similar sized person and if you yeah. got like a big boy battle going into the summer that could be something here's another fun one for you what if Cesaro returns to be part of the actually because everybody would see him as part of the Blackpool Club. What if Cesaro returns, but they think he's coming out to help the Blackpool Club and he's a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society? How great would that be with him as a sports entertainer? I fucking hate that, but that's why it would be a good choice. And uh, I am interested in seeing that. Now, I noticed this week that they are selling all in merchandise. And when I was listening to a podcast, it made me think about All In was tied up with that ROH name, and that's how we ended up with All Out. Yeah. Do you think they should change the name, keep it to All Out? What do you just think about that little piece of... I think at this point, people are used to the name, so I think they should keep them. Once people get used to seeing things and seeing names out there, sometimes when you mix it up, it can actually throw people off. Hence the WWE with their pay-per-views and mixing up pay-per-view names and changing them. And how often do they change a good pay-per-view name in the WWE? And you're like, well, that's a crap. <laughs> or yeah, take Clash of the Champions, change it to Clash of Champions. Yeah, now I, I, I'm not a fan. We do a top five of the week every week. I did not prepare one in advance because it has me being in the beer business going into Memorial Day. It was a hell of a week. That's actually why Dave is not here today because he's out there delivering bread. So well, remember, you can't have Memorial Day weekend without hamburgers. And if you're not having hamburgers, I mean, if you're having hamburgers, you're going to want that Martin's potato bread, which you can get live from any store Dave serves. Yeah. In the what is it? I know he goes to Wyndham Walmart. Wyndham Walmart, in, absolutely. He's up Brooklyn, in Danielson, Brooklyn, sure. Highland Market. 
mark it out in Coventry. Steve, I know we're not hitting all the spots, but if you're in the comments, let us know. And if you're in the greater Norwich area, why don't you enjoy some great Miller Coors products? We've got Ooh, absolutely. Miller Lite, Coors Lite. We got Truly's coming out the warehouse. I don't know how many Modellos, how many Coronas we stock, but that's just a little plug for our businesses out here. If you live out in the Western side of Connecticut, go to Anytime Fitness in what town are you, AJ? Granby. Granby. And AJ hit the benches like some WWE stars may or may not go to. Yeah, I've actually had some superstars show up. That's fine. That's good. But if you come and work out, you can work out with the one and only AJ Strange, bro. Now let's trade off top fives of the week. I'm going to start with Chad giving us a chance at standalone wrestling. Even though the card changed up, Chad was great with us and we had a good time at the show. I don't remember too much of the early show because I mean, when you're working there, it's talking to people, it's paying attention to things like we were paying attention to a million different things almost other than what was in the ring. So early part of the show, I didn't keep up with my match of the night was either Sean Donovan in the main event or Lince Dorado versus Serpentico, which turned into a tag match where Lince and Serpentico teamed up. And I thought that was great. AJ, what's your first item for top five of the week? Top five was getting to deliver Lince Dorado his mask so that he could wrestle in that tag team match. That was definitely a highlight for me. Anytime you get to help the boys doing what we do, that is something that we don't mind doing. So The funny thing about the gas money part of the story is if they had offered it to me, like they said they were going to, I would have turned it down. So so that is a funny part of the story. Just thought it was ironic that they didn't offer it. But to get to do that with Lindsay was fantastic. That was a fun time. didn't deliver on it because didn't they say something about it when you left to go get the bag? Yeah, that's what they told me. They said, hey, we're going to give you gas money when you get back. So they offered it but didn't deliver. So, yeah. And it's just the thing. Carry through on your promises. Deliver what you Which was the story of the show from the Connor standpoint. However... Being there and being with the fans to highlight. You can see behind me, I did ask Chad for one of the autographed posters from the show, which he said he would give, and he did. And I just wanted to get that to kind of commemorate the first show that we actually did. Oh, and if you're a fan of this podcast, we've got black shirts for sale, $15, large and extra large. We've got medium gray shirts, $15 and large. So if you want to support the podcast, we sold one shirt at the show. Which was a win because it was to somebody that was not familiar with us before the show. We would have sold two of them, but we didn't have an extra large in the gray. That, (laughs) yes, that was tough. And we are learning our merch game as we go. So my second item for top five of the week, it's got to be double or nothing coming up. And I only include double or nothing because it's a holiday weekend. I am actually not working that night. So I'm going to be able to watch the show and not watch it like in a replay. And it's such a stacked card that I just can't wait for. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. I'll make that into my top five also. I am very excited about it. The problem was this week was there wasn't a lot during the week to cheer for. So I'm willing to actually put the up and coming event into the actual process there. I know I'm struggling for what to put in because being a busy week at work, I didn't watch a ton of wrestling. I think everybody understands we are the Working Fans Podcast because we work our asses off when we're not here also. 
Yeah, and it was enough to get the episodes out on time. I'm going to put down a rare WWE thing, and I've only kept up with Raw through the reviews, but this Cody clock sounds like it's knocking it out of the park, and it's a weird thing where they're promoting somebody heavily that I didn't think they would. I thought it was going to be a crapshoot whether Cody was going to get that WWE respect. Yeah, I think Cody's been doing fantastic. They're booking him well. I would like to see him at some point get away from Seth Rollins. That would be kind of cool. But since Seth, I think eventually they're going to put over him if they keep wrestling over and over and over again. But I think they're doing a good job with Cody. His match was a little lackluster with Miz this week. I was a little surprised by that. But overall, I've loved what they've done with Cody. However, another one in my top five is actually, believe it or not, from NXT. Roxanne Perez going over Lash Legend. I love seeing the former Roxy doing very well in this breakout tournament. I love what they've done with her. I think that she's fantastic and hopefully she'll continue to do good things. That is another good one. I heard about that from NXT. I'm not a regular watcher, so I found that interesting. My God, what have I hit you with? Three so far? Yes, we're on number four. I'm going to hit you with a non-wrestling one for number four because we discussed it privately. The George Carlin HBO documentary is masterful in not only looking at his life, but a lot of the clips that they feature him talking about are issues that are going on right now. Abortion rights. I believe gun control was in there. Oh, everything. Everything from race to gun control to abortion to everything. That was a two-part documentary cage my IQ in the comments El Phantasmo versus Robbie Eagles it's a shame we haven't talked about best of the super juniors because I saw the start of it the first night I haven't kept up with the rest of it I have to go back and watch it in the next couple days I'll probably do it today as I research for my more perfect union podcast recording tonight but TJP is over there Ace Austin from Impact, first time over there. You've got Wheeler Yuta over there, which that is interesting because that's the kind of seasoning. Even though he's been in Michinoku Pro, it's that further seasoning you're going to want to get that more vicious style for Blackpool combat. It's all going to help. I was actually going to mention the Super Jays as part of my top five. That was going to be my number four. I, I think that the tournament, as always, is out of this world. And it gives an opportunity for a lot of these young wrestlers to really like you said, get that seasoning to really get those reps in there. And once again, it's blowing the roof off the place. In my fifth top, my top five of the week, my last pick is going to be, it's going to be a triple shot. It's going to be two things I want to watch. One thing I did watch. I would have combined the kids in the hall documentary in with George Carlin, but I kind of wanted to let Carlin sit on his own because that's so massive. Ace Austin versus Ishimori giving me even more (sighs) that I need to see now. Yeah. But on my wanting to watch list, Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi came out, episode one. Huge Star Wars fan, so I'm looking forward to that. And there is a Chippendales Rescue Ranger movie that apparently, from what I've heard, is almost being hailed as like a new type Roger Rabbit. 
So I'm very interested in that. And since it's been such a busy week at work, I had to fill it out with just some entertainment stuff that I'm watching. AJ, what do you got? Carlin's actually my last one. I started watching that. It's a two part. If you get a chance to watch it, it's two parts. It's two hours each part. I started watching it going, you know what? I'll watch one part tonight and I'll watch one part tomorrow. And I ended up watching all four hours in the same night because of how good it was. If you get an opportunity to tune in and watch this, if you're a fan of comedy, if you're a fan of history of comedy, if you like political comedy whatever you enjoy watch this documentary please yeah because carlin's had so many facets to his life and there's one part in there where bill burr talks about almost going to see him as a joke feeling that he was passed and i talked to somebody at work about that that i never felt like carlin was passe but i also caught him at such a late time in his career in the 90s where the more that i discovered the more genius i realized he was well, then you-, you see his progression over the years what he became and then at the time almost that we were becoming familiar with him he almost seemed to be viewed as a sellout. Well, the funny thing is, is the time period where you watched him is when he came back to being edgy again. He came back with that, I don't care, I'm just going to do my thing and come out and just tell it how it is. And that's how he started. He started off by, well, he didn't start that way. He started off in a suit and a tie as a sellout. But then he became edgy and then he almost started to sell out again because he just started doing that same old material over and over and over again. I'd almost and, prefer to call it commercial rather than sellout. He probably yeah, almost felt yeah, like com- no commercial is much better. The only reason I called it sellout was because that's literally how, what he said he felt like in the documentary. He felt like he was selling out and felt like he wasn't being true to who he was. And that's important with a comedian. So season two of The Witcher must watch. I have not watched either season, so I will check that out. Cage My IQ said he will add the Carlin documentary to his queue. And without Dave here, I mean, it kind of had a different feel this week, but he will be back, I believe, next week. I've got to see what our schedules look like, yeah. but it was fun I, to talk wrestling and be able to kind of maybe give our side of the standalone show because we enjoyed it. But I mean, we were talking to people in the bar that night and there was a lot of disappointment over the changing of the card. And I told Dave on the way there, how many cards do you see fall apart? this catastrophically although i did get to meet manny fernandez and john silver don't leave him and out. john silver yeah we gave, we gave john, john silver, silver one of our t-shirts as with minoru suzuki i hope it made it home with him but we at least reached out and did that made the connection helping lindsay dorado out i assume that john silver is actually going to be wearing our t-shirt at the pay-per-view so it'll be nice well we can only hope and guys thank you for joining us this week and we will talk to you again next week all right so that wraps us up for this week thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast so as always you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 